and welcome to this uh, incredible Good Friday night for uh, 2020, can you believe? But what an absolute privilege it is for me to be able to share on Good Friday with you. And uh, for everybody who's a regular part of Global Heart Church, welcome. Great to have you with us on Good Friday. And uh, anybody who's uh, new to Global Heart Church, I give you a big welcome tonight, wherever you're tuning in, in somebody's house, in your own place, online, wherever you are in the world. Maybe you're not in Perth tonight, you're somewhere else in the world. I welcome you to our online service and we're so glad to have you with us on this incredibly special night. So I wanted to speak to you tonight on Good Friday about what Jesus has actually done for us and uh, really it is the most incredible story and the most incredible thing that God has done in sending his only son to die for you and for me on a cruel cross that we might come into an incredible relationship with him, receive eternal life and uh, live our life in this life never the same again. So I'd love it, everybody, if we could just stop for a moment at the start of uh, this message and pray together. And I'm really going to pray that tonight God's going to really speak to you on Good Friday 2020 into your life. And for those of us who've been on this journey for a good while, remind us again the power of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for everybody who's tuning in, Lord, from Perth, from Australia, Lord, tonight, from Africa, from Germany, Lord, from around the world. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you touch us all, minister to everybody, minister your great love. Father, I pray for anybody who doesn't know you, let today be the day that they come to know you, Father, and your forgiveness, your grace, and your amazing love. And Father, I pray for anybody who's away from you. Lord, let tonight be the night they come home. No better night than Good Friday 2020. So Father, I pray, draw people to yourself, Lord, as only you can do. And Father, I pray, fill us all, Lord, with your incredible grace and Lord, incredible revelation of the wonder of what you have done in sending Jesus. I just pray, Father, bless everybody, bless their home, fill it with peace this Easter weekend. And Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the honor. In your name, amen. Well, everybody, I want to start out by reading the word of God to you. So I'm going to read to you from Isaiah 53, verse uh, 3 to 6 in the New King James Version. And it says this. It says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity or the sin of us all. Wow. This passage in God's word is actually written 750 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah prophesied it literally hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And all of it foretelling that Jesus would come 
he would die on a cruel cross for you and I and give his life for us in our place, in our stead, shed his blood so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. We could receive his peace, receive his forgiveness, receive his his salvation, and then in this life, walk on into God's great purpose for our lives. You know, this passage to this day has been hidden from his own people. The Jewish people don't even speak uh, in most synagogues around the world. You will not hear this passage, Isaiah 53, ever spoken. It's because it's describing the Savior who would come, who'd been prophesied all those hundreds and hundreds of years before. And it's really like the hidden passage. But tonight, I want to bring it out to you on this incredible night, this dark night, where Jesus went 2,000 years ago to the cross, no longer hidden, but for all humanity, that he had come and he had come to give his life for you. You know, Jesus also, just like Isaiah, Jesus also foretold his future. And I don't know if you know this, there's 300 prophecies about Jesus' birth, his death, and his resurrection that it is impossible for him to fulfill other than the fact that God was in it. Jesus foretold his future, and in Luke 18, verse 31 to 34, it says this. It says, then taking the 12 disciples aside, he said to them, listen carefully, we're going to go up to Jerusalem, and all the things that have been written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled and completed. He'll be betrayed and handed over to the Gentiles, the Roman authorities, and will be mocked and ridiculed, insulted, abused, And spit on. And after they've scourged him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise from the dead. But the Bible says the disciples understood none of these things about the approaching death and resurrection of Jesus. This statement was hidden from them, and they did not grasp the meaning of the things that were said by Jesus. Well, this coming of Jesus and this dying on the cross by Jesus is actually very much a part of a detailed, complex, complex rescue plan to rescue you and to rescue me. And even as Jesus was sharing it, the disciples who'd been with him and who'd walked with him could not uh, capture the fullness of what Jesus was saying. This, this plan was too incredible. The challenges with this plan were too incredible. But it was a plan that had been set in motion in eternity. And so... Jesus went on and he died on the cross just as he said he would. Which everybody speaks so loudly to us. And can I just encourage you right now, wherever you are listening, wherever you're tuning in, this speaks so loudly to us that Jesus was authentic. I don't know about you, but my goodness, I love authenticity. I love people who are real. One of the great things about Aussies, to be honest, is uh, they they can be straight, sometimes a little too straight. But Australians can be straight up. They can tell you, here it is. And I'll hear friends of mine from overseas, uh, you know, from other countries will say to me, wow, you Aussies can just get to the point. You can be straight up. Well, I like straight up when it's authentic, when it's coming from a genuine place. And, you know, Jesus was authentic. There was consistency between his words. There was consistency between the values that he claimed. There was consistency... Uh, when we see his actions, 
And there was also consistency when we see his priorities. What he actually prioritized lined up with the values that he preached and declared. So Jesus was authentic. I love it. If you're a man, can I encourage you? If, you wanna, if you're ever looking at a man, you know, be it a sports hero, or you're saying, oh, that's a man I want to follow, can I encourage you? There is no man on the planet who's ever done for me so courageously what Jesus has done for me. He was a man above all other men. And he is worth following and he is worth putting our allegiance into because of his incredible work uh, for me and for you on the cross. You know, Jesus forever transformed uh, the world through what he did on the cross. Those who followed him, who were the disciples who Jesus called, various men, fishermen, businessmen, tax collectors, Jesus called them and he calls all of us today. But for those who got around Jesus, they were forever transformed. The disciples were transformed. And the scripture tells us that as Jesus transformed them, they in, then, they in turn would then uh, used by Jesus to go out into a broken world and to bring transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit to our broken world. And today we see the results of that in that the day that we live in, it's now something like two to three billion people on this planet confess Jesus Christ as their savior. Two to three billion people. That is the majority, if you like, of faiths on the planet. Christianity is the largest. It continues to grow. It's a, it's a faith of the heart. It's a, it's a community of the heart. And when you come into a living relationship with Jesus, you are transformed. And that transformation now has gone around the world and continues to go around the world to this very day. You know, uh, through what Jesus started in the disciples, he started to use them. And as he began to use them, it's amazing how through that very process, they were then transformed. Can I encourage you, when you get to know Jesus, he's going to bring transformation to your life. Not to hurt you, not to harm you, but for your good. Following Jesus is an incredible process of life. It's a, it's a process of restoration. He doesn't leave us as we were. He doesn't leave our, our broken down life. He comes in and begins to bring change and transformation. And, and I love it. Uh, Jesus doesn't do a patch job. I don't know about you, but I've had the odd uh, workman come to our house to do a job. And the job we've paid them to do, when I've looked into it, it's been quite a patch job. It hasn't been like a, a, a full restoration. Well, Jesus doesn't come to patch us up. He comes to make us like new. And when I look at the lives of the disciples, I see God's process in them. Peter, who you know, uh, had foot and mouth disease, but really was fearful and quite in denial about himself and denial about what was in him, who said to Jesus, you know, he would never deny him. And then Jesus turned to him, knowing him as he knows you and as he knows me. And he said to Simon Peter, you'll deny me three times before the, the cock crows. And so Simon Peter, so shocked, but Jesus took that and brought transformation to him and turned him into one of the incredible Christian leaders of the New Testament. John was no longer at the center of his world. The Bible says, John, the disciple that Jesus loved, through the transformation of what Jesus did on the cross. And also, as John worked with, walked with Jesus, he was now becoming this uh, loyal man, full of love, who, who the Bible says Jesus loved so much. James came to Jesus, bold and strong. Uh, 
Yet he was about to have his strength, not wasted, but directed. I love that. The Apostle James, full of strength, and I think he was called uh, one of the sons of thunder. And yet he had this strength and this passion, like you, many of us here, many people listening right now, you've got strength and you've got passion, but is it being directed? Well, as James followed Jesus, his passion and his strength was directed, and it was directed for a much higher purpose. God wants to take your passion and your strength and direct it from much higher purpose and a purpose that's going to bring great fulfillment to your life. He became part of Jesus' circle. Thomas also, full of doubts and fear, yet he became an incredible follower of Jesus and in actual fact ended up becoming an incredible missionary. And uh, church history tells us that he ended, even ended up in India. The once doubting Thomas became a man of, man of faith, proclaiming the Savior who he had seen, risen from the dead, who he said he would have to touch Jesus and you know, put his hand in the very spots where Jesus was crucified to believe that he was risen from the dead. And then Jesus said to Thomas, when he had risen from the dead, place your hand in my wounds. And Thomas you know, uh, went on to proclaim Jesus around the world. You know, Jesus' true followers don't merely follow an ethical code. I'm not just following an ethical code. I've got a whole, you know, where you've got to hold to something and just hold to this and hold to that. Now, those who follow Jesus, genuine people of faith, we're, we're living in a vital relationship with the Lord. Can I encourage you this Good Friday, you can have a vital relationship with God and it can start tonight. William Wilberforce, Abraham Lincoln, Mother Teresa, multitudes throughout history. The, and the French physicist and philosopher Blaise Pascal spoke so clearly and so strongly when he said of man's need for Jesus. He declared this, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which only God can fill through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, everybody, through what Jesus has done, the human spirit can rise above adversity and tragedy. In our lives, whenever and wherever it may happen, however we suffer our own night of sorrows, God's love shines brightly in our darkness. And can I encourage you, God's love shines brightly to you tonight. His hope can heal you. It can heal your wounded soul. It can heal you this Easter because of his incredible love and his incredible sacrifice for you. The rescuing that Jesus has done can be ours if we choose to make it so. In fact, in turn, he causes us to become like him, rescuing now those who also are lost as we once were. As you do, you will join with multitudes both now on our planet and the multitudes of those who have gone before us, saying this, Truly, truly, this man was and is the Son of God. Everybody, God bless you this Easter. God bless you this Good Friday. And I pray that tonight will be the night that you will come to know Jesus Christ as your incredible Savior, your incredible best friend, and you begin to walk out the plan that he has for your life. Can we pray together right now? Father, I just pray for everybody this Good Friday. I pray, Lord, fill everybody with the wonder of what you've done. 
Fill us with your peace right now. For those who need peace, I pray peace in their homes. Father, those who've got challenges right now with their job or their business, I pray, Holy Spirit, be with them. Lord, touch them, grace them, anoint them. Father, I pray victory and I pray favor over their life right now. And I pray, Father, for those who are feeling weighed down, lift them up, God. Let them be lifted, Father, tonight. I pray that, Lord, that you would just lift them and, Lord, they'd sleep better than they've ever slept tonight because of your goodness and because of the peace that you give us through salvation. Lord, bless your people and let this Easter weekend, I pray, be a powerful weekend for everybody's lives and let it be a a weekend of gratitude as we remember all that you have done in Jesus' name. Amen. What I'd love to do, everybody, on Good Friday is give you the opportunity that I was given many years ago now to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I didn't know how to become a Christian. I didn't know how to receive eternal life. I had no clue. I thought maybe if I tried to be good, uh, that would get me in. But I realized I could be good for a very short period of time. And, uh, and I realized I can't do this. I can't be good. I can't be holy. I can't be righteous on my own. And I realized, as the Bible said, that it's only through Jesus Christ that I can be saved. And, uh, and I thought, did I have to do something holy? Did I have to do something special? And then I found that the Bible teaches us really salvation comes through putting my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. And really that happens when I confess him as my Lord and Savior. So everybody, if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I want to get to know this Savior. I want to receive God's peace. I want to receive his forgiveness. If you are like me and you know I need forgiveness, you have come to the right place tonight. It's at the feet of Jesus and say, I need your forgiveness. And the Bible tells us that when we ask God to forgive us, he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. And tonight you can receive eternal life. What an incredible, incredible gift on Good Friday 2020 to receive eternal life. So if that's you tonight, or if you're away from God and you're saying, you know what, I want to come home. Can you pray this prayer with me? Really what you're doing is you're putting your faith and your trust and you're confessing Jesus Christ tonight. And through this prayer, salvation, the miracle of salvation is coming to your heart and to your life tonight. So pray with me if that's you. And also if you are uh, away from God, you join in on this prayer as well. And if you're a believer, actually you can join with, with me too. Here we go. Dear Lord, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, God, please forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, wash me, cleanse me, set me free. I put my faith, my hope in your finished work on the cross. Thank you for dying for me, Jesus. Help me now to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, massive congratulations to you on Good Friday. And if you just click the link at the bottom, just to let us know you prayed that prayer, we'd love to be able to just connect with you and also just celebrate you coming into God's kingdom on Good Friday. Congratulations and God bless you.
Everybody, right now we're going to take communion together. If you've got that, you've got bread and juice, we're going to take that together. So why don't you just prepare yourself. And uh, let's just remember on Good Friday all that Jesus has done for us. Jesus actually said when we take the bread, when we take the juice, which represents his shed blood, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus was saying, don't ever forget. Don't forget what I've done for you. Keep it at the forefront of your heart, the forefront of your thinking, because what I've done for you is in fact rescued you for eternity. How incredible is our Savior. So I don't know about you, everybody. I've been a Christian now 39 years, and I fall in love afresh with Jesus. Uh, can I say daily? But especially on Good Friday, when I'm just captured and I'm in awe of all that Jesus has done for me and for you. So why don't we just pray together and then we're going to take the bread and just give thanks on Good Friday. So Father, just give you praise, give you honor. Just join with everybody online now, all of our online Global Heart family and new friends to the family. I just pray, Father, Lord, as we take communion, touch us. Fill us the, with the wonder and the revelation of what you've done. And Jesus, tonight, help us to never forget. Help us daily to remember your incredible gift and your incredible sacrifice. We take the bread now, which represents your broken body. And Jesus, we say, thank you. Let's take the bread together, everybody. Amen. Jesus, we now take this cup, which represents so, so much. It represents the shedding of your blood. We're overwhelmed, Jesus, with your grace. We're overwhelmed with your sacrifice, your generosity. Thank you for rescuing us. Tonight on Good Friday, Jesus, we remember and we remember you and remember all that you have done. Let's take the cup, everybody. Lord, I just pray for everybody now. Fill them with your peace. Fill them with your love. Fill them with your grace. And Jesus, I pray, give us a fresh revelation this Easter weekend of all of your goodness. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. And we say, 